Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Diecast Movie Podcast. And today I'll be doing a preview of upcoming Monster Bash for June from June 16th to the 18th of 2023 with Ron Adams. And we're also going to be talking about the movie, the movie Scared to Death. Uh, just before we get into that, I just want to let everybody know when we recorded this episode at that time, Charlotte Austin was going to be coming to Monster Bash, but sadly will not be able to do the health issues. So just to let everybody know that that has been changed. I uh, checked the website, and that's where I got the update from it. So I hope everything goes fine for Miss Austin, and I hope she has a speedy recovery. But sadly, she will not be at Monster Bash this June. Now, Ron and I will be going over a lot of people that are going to be coming to Monster Bash at June. And I just want to remind everybody, if you scroll down on the episode list after listening to this episode, you will find interviews with 10 different guests that are coming to Monster Bash in the back catalog. All It goes all the way back to episode 49 with Sam Irvin, and it goes forward from there. So there's like Sam Irvin, Beverly Washburn, Paul Miller Pierce, Daniel Roebuck, John Russo, David The Rock Nelson, Cortland Hall, Son of Ghoul, Dragon Countess Corita, of course, Jeremy Ambler. So if you feel up to it, if you want to get a little more of a preview of who's going to be there, feel free to scroll down and listen to those episodes. I hope you enjoy them. I enjoy talking to the people involved with it. And one other thing, if you're interested, obviously if you go to Monster Bash, you love classic horror films, and we all know that Hammer does a lot of did a lot of classic horror films back in the day. And there's a subsidiary podcast that's part of Diecast Movie. It's also in the back feed, and that is Hammerama, where we just talk only about Hammer movies. And we've had 14 episodes come out as of this date, so feel free to go back and play those and listen to them and to give you an idea what Hammerama is about. We'll hear a promo for it, and then after that, we're going straight into Ron and I talking about Monster Bash and Scared to Death. I hope everybody enjoys it, and I hope to see you guys at Monster Bash real soon. Thank you. I'm Al from New Zealand. And I'm Stephen from Maryland, USA. We are Hemorama. Welcome to our new podcast, Enter Freely. And of your own will. Part of the multi-award-nominated Diecast Movie Podcast, Hammerama is a wide look at the world of Hammer Hard from either side of the globe. Each month, we will throw a die to decide which category from the film Vault of Hammer we are going to discuss. The Dracula, Frankenstein, or Mummy Cycles, science fiction, prehistory, or the experimental 1970s. We will cast our international eyes across, then and now, reviews of the movie. Its place in the Hammerverse. Our encounters with the stars. A film poster critique and unusual associated merchandise. So join us for our bite-sized discussion of Hammer's gory glories, stitched together from both ends of the earth. Hammerama is a proud part of the Diecast Movie Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. And today I'm going to be joined by Mr. Monster Bash, Ron Adams, and we're going to be doing our Monster Bash preview for the Monster Bash of June 16th for the 18th of 2023, which looks like it'll be yet another wonderful and fun time. How are you doing today, Ron? Oh, doing great, Steve. Glad to, glad to be back with you here. And listeners, we're not just going to be talking about Monster Bash, which I know for a lot of you would be just enough, but we're also going to talk about a movie, Scared... <clears throat> Excuse me, Scared to Death from 1947, which I saw for the first time this week, and Ron has seen many, many, many times. We'll talk about that movie after we get done talking about the Monster Bash preview. But okay. Ron, the Monster Bash is coming up. You have, as usual, a stellar cast of people that are coming. I mean, it's just some a lot of these people I've never met before, but I do want to mention you have one of my favorite people coming of all time. Again, I think she's like the new queen of Monster Bash or whatever you want to call it, or princess or whatever. Beverly Washburn is going to be back again, and I'm just so looking forward to seeing her again and talking with her. 
Beverly is just wonderful. One of the nicest guests that we've ever had. She is so nice, not just to us, the staff, but to every fan. She really, you know, she's just really so great and so giving with her memories and just being a friend to everybody. She's really a terrific woman. Oh, oh, she is. And, and the way she cares about um, animals and dogs and all that stuff and just and helps out with the community, local community with different support to animal or shelters and organizations is just amazing. Yeah, if people don't know, she donates a portion of her autograph uh, money to uh, local animal shelters. It's, you know, what a you know, super person. All she is. And then two other people I know from interviewing and meeting at your bash before, um, at least one other person I know I've met from your bash before, Pamela Pierce is going to be back, you know, the daughter of Charlie, the I remember Charles that. Pierce. Yeah, Charles, Charles Pierce. Pierce. I was making sure I said, mm-hmm, yeah. And the daughter of Charles Pierce, you know, from the legend of Boggy Creek and uh, Boggy Creek 2 and all those different classic monster movies. And she was just fun to be around. Her and her family were there. Yeah, she's great. And she's really kind of picked up the reins with the family business, the film business. And, you know, it was her, because of her that they've uh, restored Legend of Boggy Creek to just a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, restoration look that on Blu-ray and DVD now. Because for so many years, you could find it, but it was always really bad prints, either washed out or all chopped up or scratches. But this, uh, she really did a heck of a job with working on uh, with some uh, film organizations with getting it just perfect again. It's pristine. Oh, I own a copy of the print. I got it from her when she was at the last uh, Monster Bash. It was like two years ago, and I got a copy of it then. So I just I really enjoyed the the work that she was able to get into it. You can just tell the love that she has for her father's work. Um, and talking with her before, she just enjoyed being in his movies, helping with his movies. Wonderful woman. And 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 the, the Legend of Boggy Creek has such a wild history of. Uh, of the making of it and of the mainly the distribution. It's so, you know, entangled and strange and she can <laughs> recount it and uh, go through. And it went on for decades after the movie was made. Um, there's all kinds of just like really bizarre stories from behind the scenes that she, she's great with relating. Now making um, his monster bash debut as a guest but I met him at another convention and also got a chance to interview him. And I'm looking forward to talking with him again, Daniel Roebuck, who is one of the bigger monster kids out there who made it big. Absolutely. Yeah. He is, uh, yeah, he, he has been a lifelong monster kid. He, you know, he's not only an, an actor and a, and a director and a producer, but I mean, he's one of us, which is really great. You know, uh, there aren't many guests, uh, that grew up like we did, just loving all of this genre. Um, he's one of them, you know. There, of course, there's people like Bob Burns and and Forey Ackerman, you know. And, and but he's, you know, he's one of those people too. Also, Richard Gordon, who we had for many times when he was still with us, um, you know, he was a guy, a guy that also in England grew up being a, a you know a British monster kid. And it's, it's just a delight to have someone that we can talk to that grew up just like us, and Daniel is one of those. And, of course, Daniel was recently in the, the remake of The Monsters for, by Rob Zombie when he played Grandpa. Actually, it wasn't called Grandpa Monster, but he was the Count. <laughs> right, right. And, and he was so, you know, when I talked to him on the phone, I don't know, a month or two ago, he just thought that was like a dream come true, you know. <laughs> he was so so um, so happy when he got that role. And for people that haven't seen the movie, it's on Netflix. I recommend you see it. He channels Al Lewis so well; it's 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 amazing. But that's not the only guest that you have coming. You have some guests that I've never met before, so I'm not sure if they've been to Monster Bash before. If this is also their Monster Bash debut. But um, you have Charlotte Austin coming. What can you tell listeners about Charlotte Austin? Uh, Charlotte was at, at Monster Bash once before. And, uh, boy, I'm so glad we're able to get her back. Um, she 
has, uh, you know, has a huge credit list of not only movies, genre movies, but, uh, you know, some TV credits as well. And she was with Karloff in Frankenstein 1970. Um, and she's also in it just... Coincidentally, it just seems like she's she fell into a lot of movies of, about gorillas. Uh, she was in the, the Bride and the Beast, which was written by um, Ed Wood, uh, not directed but written by him. And also, oh, and there's a she's she has a uh, as her in her role, she wears an angora sweater a lot, which I'm sure Ed Wood must have written into the script that she <laughs> she must wear an angora sweater. Um, and then she's also in uh, Gorilla at Large with Raymond Burr, and um, you know and that's actually a really good movie. Um, that's kind of a a murder mystery gorilla movie taking place at, at a circus, and she's just terrific in it too. But she is a sweetheart and really, really great. So we're happy to have her back. I'm looking forward to meeting her. And now I've, I've never seen Gorilla at Large, and now you just told me that Raymond Burr's in it and she's in it. So I'm going to make sure I watch that movie prior to coming to the bash, you know, just to, just to get an idea of what it's all about. But, you know, I'm just looking forward to meeting her and talking to her about Raymond Burr. I, I mean, who's, he just, I just love that actor. Yeah, but that's a must-see uh, in, in Charlotte Austin's catalog for sure. Now, you also have, I'm not sure if it's her debut or not, but Audrey Dalton. Audrey, uh, yeah, we had her once before, uh, and she is just one of the nicest people. She's coming with her daughter, and um, of course, you know, fans of monster movies know that she was in Monster That Challenged the World, but she's in a lot more. I think she's in three episodes of Boris Karloff's thriller TV show. Um, She's also in The Wild Wild West with Karloff again. So she has a lot of brushes with Karloff through her career, and she her credit list just is amazing. I mean, a lot of TV, lots and lots of TV appearances and you know, shows that we know from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And also, wasn't she in William Castle's Mr. Sardonicus? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I failed to mention that. Yeah, she's uh, the female lead in Mr. Sardonicus. Um, and what's interesting is she's Irish, and um, in the movies, I never detected, except for one of the TV shows, one of the thrillers, I never detected an Irish accent. But in person, she has that a slight Irish accent that she somehow masked that in a lot of her movies like Monster Challenge the World. Uh, but she has this wonderful Irish accent. She's a, she's a great person, and we're really happy to have her back. Well, again, I'm looking forward to meeting her because I love – I love the wild, wild west TV show. I love voids to the bottom of the sea and you know, Mr. Sardonicus and the monster challenged the world. So, I mean, what, what can you say? I'm sure she's going to be wonderful and I'm just looking forward to talking with her. Oh, and, and the multiple thriller episodes too. She's great in all of those. I'm telling you. And then you have, is this person making her debut Lynn Lugosi sparks? Yeah, that's, this is her first time at Monster Bash. We've, of course, had her father, Bela Jr., uh, many times, I, you know, probably four or five times. And, um, and now he's, he's having trouble traveling now because he has some issues with his legs, and he's really not doing much outside of Los Angeles. But uh, to the rescue comes his daughter, Lynn Lugosi, and um, she is now running Lugosi Enterprises, so she can tell us, all about uh, the different things that the Lugosi family is involved with in keeping uh, Bela's uh, memory alive with us fans. Well, that's going to be wonderful because I know you had Ron Chaney, um, June, was Ron, is Ron Chaney or Ron Chaney Jr.? Uh, Ron Chaney, uh, yeah, his, uh, um, he was there in October. And there is a Ron Chaney that is a son of Lon Jr., but um, Ron, that we had at Monster Bash, is the son of the other son of Lon Chaney Jr. Um, and uh, it's all confusing, but there's there's a lot of Lons and Rons in the Chaney family. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so, but yeah, Ron, I think it was last October we had Ron. 
with us. And we've had him multiple, multiple times too. Exactly. Well, I was bringing up, it's nice they have the families coming in that they're still keeping the actors work alive with their love of what they, of what their, their ancestors have done in the past. I mean, some of them yeah. have met them, some of them have not met them, but it's just, they still get to seem like we do through the movies and the work, but then also they got all the family stories that we don't have privy to that thankfully they're, exactly. they're so generous to share and let yep, us know. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you have some regulars that are going to, that are almost at every bash. They're not always at every bash, but they're at a lot of them. And one of uh-huh. them who's, who's been busy at work, I think, and missed the last couple of bashes, but hopefully will be making his return. Tom Savini. Yeah, Tom said he's all in. Uh, he, you know, work came up, you know, actually movie work in, in the past, and that's why he wasn't able to attend the last couple. Uh, but he's been, you know, he's still involved. And he's, uh, whenever he's not working, he's always happy to be at Bash because he's one of our local boys. He's, uh, you know, he lives in Pittsburgh. He always has. He, he um, And he, you know, he could have generated even more work than his already massive um you know, resume has if he lived in LA, but he loves Pittsburgh. And so he just travels, you know, wherever he needs to go for movie work. But um, he's a lifelong Pittsburgher. Oh, exactly. And I'm just, like I said, because of work, you know, he couldn't make the last couple, but hopefully everything, nothing happens. Well, it's kind of, I feel kind of weird about this. You want somebody to get work, but I'm hoping that somehow the work just misses those days. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I don't want to wish him not to have jobs, but you, you know what I mean. As yeah, a, <laughs> we but we we want him at Monster Bash. You bet. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, it's it's a stellar it's a stellar group, and it, it's not just the guests that are reasons for people to come, and and get to talk and meet with them, but it's also you have wonderful movies and game shows going on all during the day. Yeah, I have to uh, have a huge tip of the hat to uh, our Monster Bash staffer, Leonard Hayhurst, who has really come alive with these uh, game shows. He's kind of our own Wink Martindale. We do uh, a monster match game, uh, which is you know the Gene Rayburn game show, but we do it in a monster version with monster movies. And what's really a huge hit is he also does um, that he developed with uh, – fellow basher tom shabilla what's my monster where um audience it's a lot of audience participate participation where they can uh, uh you know have a movie in mind and then the, the panel of of expert guests have to guess what the movie is and there's you know there's lots of prizes from creepy classics in both of those game shows and it just it's they're both tremendous fun the audience loves it and uh, it just, they work really well. And that's that, all the credit needs to go to Leonard Hayhurst and Tom Shabilla as well for doing such a great job with those. And I'd be remiss without saying your movie projectionist extraordinaire, Jeffrey, um, who just is able to get real copies of the movies somehow. He doesn't always able to do it, but it is so nice when you're able to hear that projector running and you're able to see the movies, the way they were meant to be back in the day. Yeah. Jeffrey is a huge film collector and uh, he's uh, not only 16 millimeter, but 35 millimeter as well. Uh, And whenever there's something scheduled and he has a massive library, if he's got it on film, we're going to run it on film. And uh, the other guys uh, in the projection department, uh, you know, that don't get a lot of mention, uh, Ted Lutzik, uh, he runs a lot of the digital projection and um, it does a lot of AV work behind the scenes for us too. And Tom Shabilla as well helps out in projection. Uh, but Jeffrey is the main man with, um, with film uh, and, uh, and video projection as well. And listeners that have never been to a bash, one of those hidden secrets, which is not really hidden is yes, it does say the bash starts the 16th through the 18th, the Friday through the Sunday. But on right. Thursday evening, for those that like to arrive a day early like myself, you know, get yourself situated, you're there, you're relaxed and all ready for the weekend. What better way than Jeffrey having movies running in the movie room? And you don't know what movies they're going to be because it all depends what he brings. 
And he usually has some gems of, of shorts or movies going on that Thursday night. Yeah, we, we, we consider that the Jeffrey free-for-all. And uh, so if you come to Bash early, uh, Jeffrey, around 6, 7 o'clock in the evening, uh, fires up just all kinds of rare film and uh, shorts and, and features. And he just rolls into the night with all kinds of fun stuff. So, you know, if you get there early, there's still things going on where you can enjoy it, Monster Bash. Because one of the things I like to do on Thursday is when I, I see Jeffrey, I walk up to him and say, so what, what, what are you going to be showing tonight? And he gives me an idea. And then usually roughly when, and then I can, then I'll be like, okay, now I know how to plan my night. So eat dinner this time. So I can be back for this movie at that time. Or if he says, you know, the, or if he has all the movies going that I want to see, I'm eating dinner right then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this is a, a dilemma, a good dilemma that people have all the way through monster bash. I always hear people say, I don't know when to eat or sleep. There's, you know, cause we have, we have things going on, lots of great events and movies and it, you know, everything from when, once we hit, 9 a.m. on on Friday, it's you know we we only have maybe eight hours of downtime through Sunday at 5 p.m. <laughs> Seriously, uh, where the you know there's something going on, and so people are always like, oh man, there's just so much great stuff. I don't know when to eat. I don't know when to sleep. Um, but you know, it's you know we pack it with as much fun stuff for people that grew up with monster movies as possible. And if you love monster movies and you love monster memorabilia, your dealer room, let's put it this way, Daniel Rat, Daniel Roebuck, like I said, has been there before, but not as a guest. He came, like the rest of us, and was just spending time enjoying the classic monster movies, enjoying the scene, the classic actors, and talking with them. But he also frequented the, the, the dealer room like we all do. And then you end up like going through and seeing these wonderful items that you hadn't seen before, hadn't seen in decades. I don't know where you get the, I don't know where you get the, the dealers from, but they seem to always fit these different groups of niches or niches that everybody wants to get something from. Well, I, I think Monster Bash is a magnet for this, for people of the same mindset. So a lot of vendors, you know, uh, want to do Monster Bash because they have the kind of stuff that we all love, you know, that we grew up with, uh, you know, toys and various memorabilia in the movies and uh, books and magazines, you know, all the, the classic monster stuff that we grew up with. And, yeah, it's always a, you know, your eyes bug out when you see all the stuff on the vendor tables. Yeah, so listeners, if you're coming, you know, bring bring lots of money or allocate a lot of money because <laughs> you, you're going you're gonna to be – you're going to wish you had more when you see some of the different things you can do. Like he said, books, DVDs, toys, but you can also get clothes, pillows. Um, one guy I know who's been there a few times has, uh, what is it, like jack-o'-lantern type things that are carved. Oh, yeah. Lantern. that's Nicholas Danish does carved uh, jack-o'-lanterns, not ones that would, would rot. I mean, they aren't real pumpkins, but they look like real pumpkins. And amazing carvings on them of various monsters and all kinds of things, um, you know. And then there's also, you know, original art too. You can and original movie posters. Uh, and that's something I should mention, Steve, is that um, we are we have an original movie poster room now with vendors that that display and sell original movie posters. And we're also going to have a new feature in that room this year which is uh, we're always going to feature a, a, a basically a museum piece, um, something that is like super, super rare. Uh, and this year, it's going to be, uh, for this June, it's going to be a Phantom of the Opera 1925 press book. Uh, and I, I don't know how many of those exist. I think, as far as I can tell from researching, there might only be one other one that survived other than the one that we're going to have there in the, in the room for people to look at. So it'll be a neat feature, our museum piece in the poster room. I love walking through the poster room and, uh, and just, and just seeing all the wonderful artwork because it just, it just brings back the days when, when I used to go to movie theaters. I'm sure you did. And you'd go to see one movie, but you had to walk through all the posters and you're just like, these posters were the, the, the ad, the draw for you to come see that other movie. It's like, no, come back for this one. It's coming soon, or it's going to be here next week, or whatever. And it's just, I just, you just love to see that artwork and that detail. Oh, and you know, the movies, sometime in, you know, probably about the early 70s, it 
it started to become a trend where movie posters were basically just photographs. But prior to that, I mean, there was, I mean, this is serious, beautiful paintings. A lot of those movie posters, uh, they're just gorgeous. The, the artwork on those, uh, the older movie posters are phenomenal. And I know there's one thing you mentioned I want to add on to, where you said how a lot of people wonder, when did they get some sleep? There's one thing you didn't mention yet that I think is probably one of the best reasons to go to a monster bash. And that is the camaraderie of other people that like the same things that you do. And you get to spend time with them in the lobby areas of the hotel, um, sitting down on the couches, the chairs, and you, it's, you can simply start a conversation by just talking about whichever type of classic monster movie or horror movie you want to bring up. And you have somebody that's like-minded there and you can send the next thing you know, you're making new friends and then you're spending those nights Friday, Saturday night into the wee hours of the next day's morning, <laughs> talking to people and making these friendships. And which is, I think one of the overlying strengths, it's such a family show where the family is, everybody starts to know everybody and you can come back year after year and reacquaint these people that you, that you can develop these friendships and almost, and then eventually it's like your extra family. Yeah, it is like, you know, because we're all people that grew up the same way with these, you know, uh, movies, uh, even in like the vendor room, I've been there before, like looking through the old magazines and I'll pull out like an old creepy magazine. I'm like, oh man, I used to have this. And someone right next to you that you don't know at that point will say, oh, I had that too. I remember, you know, buying it at the local, uh, you know, magazine or comic book shop and and all of a sudden, you know, you've got instant friends, you know, everywhere you turn, everyone knows this stuff. And it's like, you know, brothers and sisters um, that grew up in different cities that never knew each other, but we're all of a sudden we're brothers and sisters. It's all one big family. And uh, yeah, you do get to make all kinds of new friends and it's easy. You know, you don't have to, even if you're kind of like a shy person, uh, because there's this connection with all of this stuff we had as kids, it suddenly is easy to talk to people and, and become friends, fast friends right away. Now, for people interested in coming to Monster Bash, um, Ron, if you can tell them where it's going to be at, again, the dates are June 16th for the 18th, 2023, and also, more important, not where is it going to be at, but how they can get their tickets and stuff ahead of time. Okay, well, it's, it's at the Marriott Pittsburgh North, which is north of the city, um, and about 30 miles or so, 35 miles north. Because it's always tough if you go into a big city to try to manage that with parking and, and uh, you know, and just getting around. But uh, it's nice to have a really uh, nice venue that's enough, far enough away from the, the big city that you don't have to deal with, uh, you know, all the trappings of a major city. Yet, you know, we're close to the airport, you know, and, and uh so it's at the Pittsburgh Marriott North, which is in Cranberry Township, which is right next to Mars, PA. Um, and how you can get tickets, you can uh, get, you know, membership admission uh, online at uh, monsterbash.us or at the kind of the mother site, which is creepyclassics.com. And you can also call. Um, I'm always, you know, uh, happy to return phone calls at 724 724- Two three eight four three one seven, and um, you can also send checks or money orders in too. Um, you can find all that information out at monsterbash.us. I'm telling you, and it's fun. You can go, listeners. You can go for one day. You can go for all three days, and bring. You can bring your children. There's lots of people that bring their whole families there, and it's just it's just a nice atmosphere. It's very welcoming it's very open it's it's just a fun time to be a monster kid or bring your child and have them develop to be a monster kid i've brought my two of my children with me many times to monster bash and uh, both of them have enjoyed it um and, and come back at least a couple times to several times with me yeah and i i want to express that uh it is a family friendly monster horror show uh, it is one where you can take kids to, and if the, if your kids are under twelve, they're free. Um, and we have lots and lots as as you've seen, Steve. There are lots of families there with kids running around having a good time, 
Uh, and we, you know, we pride ourselves. We're kind of, I like to say we're kind of the Disney of, uh, or at least old Disney of, of the monster movie circuit. And, um, you know, it's, 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 there's families everywhere. There's grandkids and it's, it's, it's just a big family picnic of monster movie fans. (coughs) It is. And it's just, it's just a wonderful time. And hopefully, and listeners, if you are there and you hear my voice, um, and stuff like that, feel free to come up and talk to me. We can talk about monster movies or whatever you want to you know, you talk about. Um, you can find Ron, but Ron's usually running all over the place, busy, but he usually will take time to answer a question or two. But if you have any other questions, anybody that's pretty much in an orange shirt is the, they'll direct you exactly where you need to go or help you out with whatever information they can. The whole staff, which Ron could never do something like this year after year, all the time is just wonderful, great people. Yeah, I, I really do have a great staff. We've got, I think we're at uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 48 staff members, uh, all in orange shirts. And they are just, they're the family and friends uh, that I've grown up with and, and, and gotten to know over the decades. And they're, everyone is just, they're, they're really great people and they're always willing to help you. And again, just go have fun, enjoy yourself. Now, we did talk about in the beginning how Ron and I are going to be talking about the movie Scared to Death, and we're going to go into that now. And Ron picked out this movie because every time I roll the die, because usually we a die is cast to decide the genre, for somehow, I don't know how Ron does it, whether it's voodoo magic or something like that, but every time I roll the die, it doesn't just say horror, it says classic horror. And it's 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 not even printed on the dice. I, I don't I don't want to explain because I don't want Ron to or Ron to divulge how he does it because you know then he might have to kill me. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know how you do it, Ron. But you always get classic monster movie and you pick Scared to Death. Why did you pick Scared to Death, the nineteen forty seven movie? Well, you know, it's uh, I picked it because I re- well I recently saw it. Well, maybe a month ago. And it, that was maybe the 15th time I've seen this movie. Uh, and every time I see it, I, there's something odd and different I see about this movie. This movie is one of the strangest movies I've ever seen. Of course, it is a very low-budget uh, movie uh, made in 46 and released in 46, 47. Um, but the first maybe 10 times I saw this, I would either fall asleep or would be distracted or zone out and not realize, you know, it has this hypnotic zone out effect. And the reason I think that after watching it so many times is that the script is so bizarre, it's hard to follow and it creates this like, mesmerizing like (laughs) aura Um, and the movie itself at first I thought it's just poorly constructed it just you know that's why it has this effect it's just kind of like a low budget poorly constructed film with ridiculous dialogue um, and motivations that are either strange or not existent Uh, and now Every time I look at it, I want to see it more because I think that the people behind this film, um, I think it's, is it Chris Christie who directed it? I forget now. Christie Cabane? Oh, Cabane. Cabane, yeah. Um, I think they were actually trying to make a satirical comedy. Now, there is bits of comedy in it, but then not enough to be really a comedy. And it's like a murder mystery, but it's not really enough of a murder mystery to be a straight murder mystery. There's some horror elements with, you know, some bizarre mask at the death mask at windows. Um, It's just loaded with really almost unexplainable. And I, I hesitate to say humor, but it, it, and it's not like it's necessarily humorous because it's bad. It's an attempt to satire itself. I think. And there, there are strange little things in it. Angelo Rosito, um, I guess a strange little thing himself. He's a, you know, a little person that is in lots of genre movies, 
all the way from Seven Footprints to Satan back in the silent period. And he acted right up to like the Mad Max movies. Um, but he's in it. Uh, no, no speaking uh, at all. But he, he continually just makes these bizarre faces at the characters, like for no particular reason that I can understand. Um, and the dialogue is just nuts. Um, it's, you think it's so bad that it's funny. And then sometimes you think, well, they're trying to be funny or they're trying to parody themselves, but it it is just an odd, I, I can't, there's no other movie like it that, uh, that is trying to be different things. And every time you watch it, you see more of like what's, under the surface it's you know and 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 yet it's still also sleep inducing because of the of the dialogue and the script but it's a bizarre movie i'm, I'm talking too much i'll let, let you at at it steve but that's it's just such an odd movie and i i i kind of compare it and it's not at all in quality to the original the 1932 old dark house the reason I see a comparison is has nothing to do with the acting or the script because the old dark house with James Whale and all the great actors is fabulous. And this movie doesn't have that. It's got Lugosi, but it's, it, it doesn't have the quality that old dark house, but what it does have is the more you watch it, the funnier it gets. Both of those movies have that quality. You, the more you watch it, the more you get out of it. And it's not necessarily a good thing, <laughs> scared to death, but it's, but it's, it, it's definitely a strange quality and it, oh, it's in color. We didn't mention that, but, um, I believe there's only one other color Lugosi movie, which is only like a two strip color, maybe a late silent film or something, if I'm remembering right. But this is a, a, a color film with Lugosi. You get to see that he does indeed have blue eyes. Um, so that's kind of a neat little oddity as well. I will say this, the second movie you picked in a row that we have Angelo Rizzito in it because we last time, Oh, uh, what was the first that, yeah, oh, I don't even remember that, that cinematic classic Frankenstein versus Dracula. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, 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 right. And there, there once again is Angelo Rizzito. He had such a long career, um, you know, and uh, from the silent period right up to the uh, early '80s. Yep, amazing. It's am- well, like you said, he's was in just about everything. You know, back in the day, and and he doesn't he does his parts well, but it, it like you said, his part is a small role. It, he's he plays a mute, deaf person, and he it's pretty much he's doing all these facial expressions and um, just just going around, and he also finds secret passages. For, for Professor Leonide. Um, yes. Bela Lugosi's <laughs> character. And uh, so, and he's always seems to be up to this mischief. And part of me is almost like wondering, what is, I, I want to follow his character to see what is in Indigo doing, you know, because that's his character's name, Indigo. Where is right, he going? Right. Where is he doing all these things? And I think part of that is all these misdirections about who is the person with the green mask. You know, it could be, yeah. they, 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 they make it just about everybody. And, oh, yeah. and it's just, it's just kind of bizarre in that way. Uh, it, it was my first time seeing the movie was just the other day. And I was, I was watching it and listeners, you can see this for free. It's out there, you know, so it's, it's on Tubi. So it's not, it's, it's readily available. It's on many different streaming services. So it, <laughs> I was, you brought up how it is interesting. I, I, maybe under the future watchings, which I'll do, but there was one thing I will have to say, the, the one thing that, that really drove me the most nuts about this film, and I told you about this before we started recording, was the movie starts off with the lead actress dead. So you already know she <laughs> dies um, because she's on a slab in the morgue. And, and you hear the autopsy surgeon went, I wonder how such a beautiful woman would die. And then it, Closes in close up of her head, and you hear her faults. You hear Laura Van v- Venise or Lauriette Laval because she plays two different characters in a sense, or two different names. Molly Lamott's face, 
and you hear her thinking, well, this is how it happened. And it goes flashing back, which was fine. But then every like five minutes or so, they go back to her with this, this, this crazy little music. And she's like, and then I was scared to death. And then it goes back. It, 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 it's, it's, it, it was disjointing a little bit. But I think what they did was they did that for when you came back. It, it didn't pick up right where that scene left off. There was a time jump. And you're in a totally different spot. You know, things that happen in between that time. Yes. <laughs> and it is. It is. So that's just another element of this super strange movie. I mean, and how many movies, uh, not many, are told from the, you know, by, narrated by the, the victim that's already dead. Uh, it's just so weird. And there is also a really bizarre relationship between Matt Pendleton's character and uh, Lily Beth, um, his girl that he's trying to come on to. And at one point he thinks she's dead and it like, he's almost glad it's, it just so, so weird. This movie is so weird. And it, it, you know, it just, it had to have been meant to be a satire, but it, it just, is so unraveling with I, I, I it's hard to even describe this movie but the more you watch it the more you'll see how bizarre it really is and, and to give listeners an idea what this movie is about so she's dead and it basically goes back to find out how she died and so you're introduced to all these different characters and you have you have some names that are very familiar like we said Bela Lugosi everybody and everybody that's that goes to Monster Bash know Lugosi but also you have George Zuko, you know, yes. as Dr. Joseph Von V, Von E. And Nate Pendleton, who played so many character roles back in the day as Bill Raymond. And Bill Raymond is a guy who used to be a police detective, lost his job, and wants a murder to happen on this site <laughs> so he can get his job back. And so he's always yes. hoping, like, are you I heard you scream. I was hoping it was a murder. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like the dialogue is just crazy. And George Zuko, who, you know, the, his, whose house practice that this whole thing takes place in, the motivations, I mean, he lets all these people come into his house and just hang out. Like, it's just so weird. It is so weird. And he gets hit on the, he gets knocked out twice, but he gets up and like, there's nothing wrong with him. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, I think I think like you said, I think it was meant to be a comedy, and had these under underpinnings that just didn't go far enough forward to be a full blown comedy. Because there's because Bill Raymond's character is definitely the comic relief, as is Lilybeth, who's the uh, maid, um, Gladys Blake. Because I love the chemistry between the two of them. Those two, the maid. I mean, that that's like a little sitcom that could be right there. Yeah, it's uh, it, the motivations of all the characters are so odd, and it had to have been a satire that just you know that you don't realize at first because it's <laughs> maybe so poorly pulled off that you don't realize the whole thing is a satire, and it just it's really really strange. And. <laughs> I don't, it gets more bizarre as the movie goes on because then it goes into that murder mystery tropes where people are showing pictures of these other people and, oh, do you think this could be involved? You keep seeing this face outside the window of somebody in a green mask when you're and you're like, it's all these different elements are being thrown in and Lilibet is dead, but she's not dead because she gets better because she was only mostly dead. Which made me wonder if the main character wasn't really dead yet. You know, I kept thinking, right. well, maybe she's not really dead until we find out. Yes, yeah, she was really dead. <laughs> she was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So anyhow, I just want—I thought that would be interesting to talk about this movie. Most people just write it off as another of a, a as a poor poverty row film. But it's a little more. It you just have to watch it a lot to start getting it. And it's you know, it, it, the more I watch it, it, it's one of those movies I recently wrote in a uh, a column about it. The types of movies where you know it's a bad movie, but you just keep getting drawn back into wanting to watch it. And this is one of those for me. 
Oh, I agree. And it's, it is nice to see how Bela Lugosi looked like in full color. You know, so you had the full color treatment. Like you said, you're able to see his eyes are blue. You're a, it, it's, it, it, it's wonderful to see. And just knowing that a couple years later, he's going to be in Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so, th- you know, he's going to be having that um, that big role again as Dracula, which is how I came into the Universal movies proper was Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, as I think a lot of people. That was like the movie where it's like, wow, these characters are awesome. I want to learn more about these monsters. And you start diving deep into all these other things. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, th- th- to me, that's always been when people say, what Universal monster movie would you want to introduce somebody to to learn more about it? My first go-to is the way I went into it, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, because it's a beautiful comedy, but the monsters are played straight. And then if you enjoy that, then you want to go back and learn from their, their original work how they all got into that those positions. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good starter. I always say yeah, that one and House of Frankenstein, just because there's a lot of action in it, are good for young kids to get into it. Oh, exactly. And... I would, I, there, there are elements, like I said, I really enjoyed about this movie. As, as we both said, it's not a good movie, but there are things in it that are fun. And I think, to me, yeah, it's not a good movie, but it is a fun movie if you go into it the right way. You know, if you go with your expectations low and know what you're going into, I think you can really find some, some elements of, that you can smile at and, and, and see where they're going. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's it's a, it's a bad movie, but it's it's a bad movie for reasons you don't get at first, and then and then you realize there's more to it below the surface. It's still bad, but it, but there's there's more to it going on. It 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 is very odd. Yeah, and it's it's only sixty five minutes, so we're talking just about an hour. Um, you know, so it's not like it's a long investment of time. You know, but it can put you to sleep in ten minutes. It didn't do that to me, but obviously it, it did that to you. So <laughs> It took me a long time to be able to get through the whole darn thing without being distracted, easily distracted, because I think it was just because of the dialogue. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Well, I think that, the, like I said, the thing that distracted me was every time they'd flash back to um, um, Laura Vanney's body on the slab and she would, it, like, the music. And it was like, what? You know, it takes you it, – it, those, you know, those parts, I, I literally, when it happened like the fourth or fifth time, I was like, could you stop it? I actually yelled it at the, 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 the screen. I was just like, <laughs> so, so there, there was a part of frustration there for me. But I think that was because I was actually, you, you're starting to get into the ebb and the flow of the movie, and it just pulls you out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's jarring, that's for sure, yeah. But I did, I do have to say, there is one character that, that shows up and I'm just like, I don't know why they did not throw him out of the house. And that is the reporter. <laughs> oh, he has to win the award on the, for the most annoying reporter. And there's a lot of them in the, in the movies we like of annoying reporters that get involved. But, man, he takes the cake. <laughs> the way he treats his um, sweetheart or girlfriend or whatever you want to call it, it is, is, yeah. just, is just like, oh, you know. Girls aren't sp- you're supposed to be good looking, but not but, but don't speak or something like that. You're only supposed to be. It, it was just like, oh, he has he has all the bad lines, like the lines of somebody you want to hate. Oh he, yeah, it's oh, the know it all and and the and the guy who just it's, it, he just want to throw out of your party. I mean, when he gets there, he's, he's just the type you would never want to invite. But yet, like yeah. you said, George Zuko's characters when he says, "Is it okay if I stay?" Oh yeah, sure, stay. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all these like whacked out characters are just like, oh yeah, just hanging out at the house the whole time. And now the only other r- reporter that I can think of that is close in being annoying in a movie uh, to uh, this, which was played by, I think it was uh, Douglas Fowley. But um, the, the, if you've ever seen the movie, The Cat Creeps from 1946, it also uh, has a reporter in it that'll just oh, drive you up the wall um, with being annoying and just a, a you know a real jerk. I've never seen that movie, but now if I watch it, I'll try to compare it between the two. It's like okay, who was a more annoying? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 both top. They're both tops at, at that being just like and one heck of an annoying character. 
and I, I know why they brought him in because they needed somebody to try to like I guess solve the mystery or or push things to happen. But it was I, I don't know. I just did I just didn't care for that character as much at all. Oh yeah. But what was what was your favorite scene? Uh well, what cracks me up is is when Lugosi first enters the house with Angela Rosito. The first time you see Angela Rosito making faces, uh, it's a favorite scene just because it makes me laugh out loud every single time. I mean, like, what is this? You know, it's it's so funny. But the whole the whole movie is is scene by scene is just like uh, you know fascinates me because it is so poorly done and yet uh, not what you think it it is um so i guess no particular scene other than the one that angela rosita just makes me laugh with the, the faces he's making i can't argue with you there like i said i enjoy i want, I want more angela rosito in the movie with lugosi you know i wanted to see more of that pairing because th- those two seem to have a natural chemistry. And I know they, I understand they worked together in other films before. So books run wild with the, with the East side kids. Yeah. But I've, my, one of my favorite scenes, I don't know why, but it's when Lugosi was bringing Lilibeth out of her trance. And, and it was just, it was just so funny. Cause you think he's done it the first time. He's like, Oh, that didn't work. So then he tries this, the second method. That the, then he just slaps her and she wakes right up and then she gets up. And she goes and slaps Nate Pendleton's character, Bill Raymond. Yes. Why did you slap me? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you see Lugosi off in the corner, just looking like, hey. it's like it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fun stuff. Fun stuff. That was fun, and that's and those are the parts I, I thought like were like kind of funny, and you know, and I, like I enjoyed those characters. It was it was a good sixty minutes of a movie. I'm taking five minutes away because those are the scenes where they kept showing the lady in her in, on the on the um, <laughs> on the slab. On the slab. I'll, I'll take yeah. those five minutes. I couldn't really care for, but six, but sixty minutes out of sixty-five minutes, if I enjoy, then that's that's that's, that's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> you still there? What right? else can we say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else can we say about scared to death? <laughs> I would, I'd say, what, listeners, if you go on the Monster Bash, watch it. Then you, you have something you can bring up to. <laughs> I'm trying to remember her name. Something you can bring up. Uh, Lynn. You can bring Lynn Lugosi. Yeah, Lynn Lugosi Sparks. And when you're talking with her, maybe she knows some other information about it. I don't know. You know, maybe there's something with the family was telling about it because Lugosi did so many different films. But I'm glad you picked that, Ron, because it, it was I never seen it before. Yes, listeners, it is not a good movie. I enjoyed it, and Ron enjoyed it. Enjoys it for multiple reasons. One, it helps him with his insomnia, and two, eventually <laughs> he starts to learn more about these different things. Maybe it's maybe you're sleeping during those parts, Ron, and you're learning other things about the movie. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, it might be some form of mind control. I'm not sure. Lugosi hypnotized you. So yeah, the the movie itself just it puts you into a bizarre state of uh, of trying to stay awake. But uh, like I said, I, I I every time I see it, I see more about what they might have been trying to do. Trying is a is a key word. They were trying, and like I said, it's it's not a good movie. There are some enjoyable parts. I had fun with it, but then again. It depends what kind of movies you like, you know, and um, I, I enjoy movies like this. Uh, so, I, I, so I'm glad Ron picked it for me and I got to watch it. But remember, there's other movies you can watch. And if you go to the June Monster Bass, June 16th to 18th, there's going to be movies that they'll be doing in the movie room. There'll be guest lectures. There'll be Q&As. There'll be lots of wonderful pr- programs going on. The dealer room, meeting other people that are, Monster kids or monster movie lovers from the classic era, all happening in June again from the 16th for the 18th. Go to what monsterbash.us or creepyclassics.com to get your tickets. Contact, I think there's still some rooms available at the Marriott 
Pittsburgh North? Um, yeah, all the, the rooms with two beds have sold out, but they do still have some king rooms left where there's a king bed. But there's also in those king rooms a sofa that has a pull-out bed. So, um, you know, you can still get two people in there easily. Oh, yeah. We, that's what I did last year when I was there. We got the king room with the sleeper sofa. My wife and I had the king bed, and my daughter had the sleeper sofa. So you can get, you know, three or four people into a room. Um, and then there's there's the backup hotel, which is the sister hotel, the, the uh, courtyard, which is really literally just 400 feet across the parking lot uh, as a backup. If you really need a room with two two beds, they still do have those at the backup hotel. And the rooms have refrigerators. There is a, a grocery store that's really close um, and other things. So you can go get some food and, and, and pack it up so that way. If, if between programming that you want to do other stuff, if you need to get a snack, you can go up to your room, you can eat at the hotel, or you can go out to a lot of the restaurants that are close to eat, you know, all within a short distance. You know, we're talking just like a short distance within five minutes of the place. You have a plethora of places to pick from. Yeah, Cracker Barrel, Five Guys, uh, or um, the Burger Place, Five Guys Burgers, is that what it's called? And um, then there's, you know, a Mexican restaurant, all really, really close. Um, oh, and I wanted to mention, if you don't mind, Steve, um, our magazine, Monster Ash Magazine, number 50. We just hit issue number 50. And I just uh, got a truckload of those yesterday. And uh, so they'll be available and they feature Gregory Mank, um, historian Gregory Mank has some great little uh, never published before stories about uh, Karloff, Lugosi, um, Lon Chaney Jr., Evelyn Ankers. Um, and then as well, there's an article from Frank Delastrito on Allison Hayes, the actress, and also Man-Eating Plants by Tom Shabilla. So lots of fun in, in the new magazine, too. And that's also available at creepyclassics.com. You can get at creepyclassics.com. You can get back issues of Monster Bash there. And, in, and for some reason, if you forgot, when you're at the, the Monster Bash, I'm sure Ron will have issues available and <clears throat> at his table, which is once you go in, Ron, you got, you got some of the best stuff all around. Movies galore. <laughs> and model Yeah, kits. there's lots of everything. Yeah, DVDs, Blu-rays, model kits, magazines. Yeah, there's, you know... And then in the dealer room, you can find all kinds of vintage stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's your wallet is going to hate you, but your your inner soul will love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, and Ron, I'm looking forward to being there again. Um, it's like like I said, going and seeing you guys at the convention, you and Ursula and everybody. It's like seeing family all over again. And I believe, like I said, my son Ben is coming with me this June. I think it'll be his um, fourth or fifth time um, coming. So it's, we're all we're both excited about coming back to the bash. And I'm hoping the listeners that you come up, feel free to talk to us. And um, we're, we're happy to talk to you about monster movies. Well, thank you so much for Steve, for uh, Steve, for having me back on, on your show. I really appreciate it. All right. It's always a pleasure. And um, listeners, you're going to hear an audio promo from, the monster bash convention right after we're done this, but I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you have any feedback, email us at diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com or leave us a message on our Facebook page and the links to the monster bash conference that Ron brought up will both be in our show notes. So you can click on them and go right to them. If you didn't have a chance to write them down because you're driving, everybody have fun and hope to see you at monster bash. Bela Lugosi's Dracula monsters from under the sea. Atomic Frankensteins, and Grandpa Monster 2. Classic monster memorabilia vendors, movie and TV stars, signing autographed photos. It's all coming to the Marriott Pittsburgh North, June 16th through the 18th, 2023. It's Monster Bash. Fans who grew up with monster movies in the theater and on TV will descend on the Marriott Pittsburgh North. Hundreds and hundreds of fans. Don't you scare miss out as fans travel from all over the country to meet, shop, and enjoy classic monster entertainment. Coming to Monster Bash in June, Audrey Dalton, star of The Monster That Challenged the World and Boris Karloff's thriller TV shows. 
Charlotte Austin, who starred in Frankenstein 1970 with Karloff and Ed Wood's The Bride and the Beast. Lynn Lugosi Sparks, the granddaughter of Dracula himself, Bela Lugosi. Daniel Roebuck, star of countless films, TV's Matlock, and Grandpa Munster in the latest Munsters movie. Plus, he's a super fan and collector of classic monster memorabilia. Beverly Washburn, actress in Spider Baby with Lon Chaney Jr., Thriller, and Disney's Old Yeller. Tom Savini, actor, makeup man, special effects genius, with credits that include Creep Show, Tales from the Dark Side, The Black Phone, and so much more. Pamela Pierce, actress and daughter of the director that brought us the legend of Boggy Creek. John Russo, co-writer and zombie from the original Knights of the Living Dead, the origin of the modern zombie. And Ohio TV horror host legend, the one and only Son of Ghoul, still creeping to TV sets after all these years. Plus, Cleveland horror hosts Drac and Countess Corita. Monster Bash is wall-to-wall -wall vendors and a giant horror hotel packed with classic monster movie fans. Don't miss out. Three-day VIP admission is $55 in advance or $60 at the door for all three packed days. Single-day admission at the door is $25. It's all at the Pittsburgh Marriott North, Friday through Sunday, June 16th through the 18th, 2023. Get your advanced membership admission online at creepyclassics.com. That's creepyclassics.com. More information is available at monsterbash.us or call 724-238-4317. It's Monster Bash.